He is a rascal, isn't he? Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the deep-voiced debonair himself. It's the one and only Nate from the Gamers Guild. What's happening, my guy? Not much, man. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing good. Doing good. You know, I'm not out here as as deep a voicing as you are, but uh, you know, I'm living my best life. You know what? <laughs> Apparently, few can. So that's okay. It is okay. It is okay. I'm glad that uh, you're back with me here, man. You're a busy guy these days. Uh, a little bit for, for better or for worse, mostly for better. Uh, but yeah, no, I hate that uh, we, we can't connect as often as we once could. Yeah, you know, that's just how it goes. You know, we're we're both skyrocketing to the moon of, I guess, or to ego. Would it be we're skyrocketing to ego? <laughs> that The hot take. The hot take. But with that being said... I feel like neither of us are letting our egos go to our heads. To, to the moon. There you go. To the moon. That's right. So, Nate, welcome in. And uh, for those that might be new to Crisis Protocol and might not know who you are, because I haven't done one of these with you in a long time, as in let you introduce yourself, who are you, Nate? Uh... I'm Nate from the Gamers Guild. I have a YouTube channel and a podcast and, and soon maybe streaming stuff. Uh, but it's all Marvel Crisis Protocol related or at least Marvel related. Uh, talking about the game, playing games, character reviews, affiliation kind of breakdowns and stuff like that. But all of it at a very uh, introductory to intermediate level kind of stuff to digest of kind of go in. I give you some tools and then let you go and explore the the characters and have fun with the game. Absolutely. And you do an incredible job with that stuff. I I love your videos. I literally watch them all. You know, all that fun stuff. I heart that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, man. But today you are here because finally I am going to have a NashCon discussion. But we're also going to be talking about a new character that has been somewhat revealed and that is red skull master of hydra so suits you know we have the tts special report that comes out i did a little bit of a NashCon review with merzane on that this week so if you're listening to this before you listen to that that'll have more breakdowns on kind of the matches and stuff like that than today's discussion with nate will have but also you know good information all the way around pick your poison we're still going to have a good time over here and yeah, Nate, so NashCon, I mean, from my perspective, went off without a hitch, but I know you as the TO have a little bit of a different perspective. How'd it go for you? No, man, I, I think it went really well. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, there, there are obviously some things that I would go back hindsight 2020 and make a couple of changes, but then there were also some things that like I knew were going to be an issue and 
we just did not have any control over it, like the uh, less table space, for instance, than I would have liked, and even less than less last year. Uh, so definitely some uh, some things like that where we're going to make sure we either have better communication or are just at our own venue doing our own thing, separate and apart from NashCon. Uh, but otherwise, uh, no, I think everything went uh, pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty wonderful. And when you say less space, I mean, what was it? 84 people were originally allowed to play, right? But we ended up with, what was it, 63? Uh, 63 ended up uh, actually showing up, yeah. Yeah, and so did we end up, was it like we didn't have enough space to accommodate that 84, so it was like lucky that we only had the 63? Uh, No, you guys would have just been more crammed. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah there's uh, that so no we uh we did sell out of all 84 tickets and we just had around 65 show up and then a couple people day of were uh just like ah this might not be the thing for me and ended up doing some other stuff which is cool uh had a great uh five rounds followed by an extra three rounds of mcp goodness and uh yeah 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 indeed because it really was MCP goodness for five straight rounds. And I know you and Grant were running all over the Gronko that Grant is Gronko for anyone that doesn't know. We're, we're definitely kind of all over the place. And, uh, round one was, uh, pretty smooth. I definitely needed an adult. And by needed an adult, I meant a judge at only one time in round one, but round two, it seemed like there was, uh, a few of those, uh, very aggressive, you know, judge calls. <laughs> Yep. The, the the further you get into the day, uh, the more intense some of those matchup get. Uh, and also like just some of those like really weird situations pop up and you want that extra bit of clarification. So happy to uh, provide what we can and whatever we can't. Uh, the rules form usually knocks it out for us. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that that's how it ended up with my particular rules question. It was in my round one matchup. Uh, my opponent had a mission objective and I was KOing character and i was wondering if mission objective was able to be played after someone had been ko'd and the answer is yes it's it's still like i knew it would work for being days but i didn't know about the ko situation so you know it's one of those things where suits if you're out there listening you know i've played this game literally since before it came out like i was proxying models and and measuring things Mm -hmm. and using eight-sided dice and making up whatever the thing was supposed to be you know so i've but even that doesn't mean that you're going to know everything. You know what I mean? And I use that as an example to say that, like, you know, don't ever be intimidated to ask for clarification or to ask a judge in an event to make sure that you or your opponent is doing the right thing, you know, or Mm -hmm. to make sure something works like how it's supposed to work. Because at the end of the day, the rules are there in some capacity to enhance the fun. Absolutely. So that's just my spiel on that. But Nate, how was it running an event this size? I mean, this this is a huge event. This, I think, is the second largest MCP event in North America, right? Uh, with the 63 we ended up having, I think we ended up being the, the second largest. We had the chance to be the largest if all the people who bought tickets came out, but that is what it is. Uh. But yeah, no, it was it was an absolute blast. Uh, it's one of those things that it's really weird because for 
most of the day I'm just kind of like walking around, maybe answering a question, but otherwise I'm not really doing much. Uh, but it's still an exhausting uh, experience in its own way, watching from the sidelines. Uh, but really, like that—that's not the the fun of that weekend to me. It's the getting to go out to eat and get uh, burgers and shakes, maybe some Nashville hot chicken on different nights, uh, and just interacting with people. Got to play some board games and stuff like that, and like all of that is what uh, is where the memories for me, at least, are, are made and what I really enjoy. You know, I am right there with you and. Anyone that's listening to this, or if you listen to the TTS special report already, you know that that is where my heart lies. Like, don't get me wrong. I love playing MCP. I like this level of a competitive event. It's a lot of fun. I didn't have the performance that I wanted, but, you know, once you get that second loss under your belt, you just throw caution to the wind and you do the greed play every time. And, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. For, in my case, it doesn't. But, you know, it, it is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, you're right, man. It's it's the camaraderie, the going out, the eating, and in my case, imbibing a little bit. I'm going to try to put it nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, taking the crew out and, and doing different stuff. And like you said, the Nashville hot chicken, getting some milkshakes, those delicious ice cream sandwiches. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I yeah, the baked bear ice cream sandwich place. Dude, mm-hmm. I just... I. Like my mouth is watering a little bit just thinking about it. Next time we'll get we'll get two. Yes, you got to the the what was it the cookie butter butter cookie thing with like some ice cream they had there is so good. It look I we're talking about MCP but I can't stop thinking about this ice cream sandwich right now for real. <laughs> so it's a pretty like for those who don't have one in their own uh, touristy city or whatnot. Basically, it's a place that warm up uh two cookies and they have like a selection of 14 different cookies maybe like 15 kinds of ice cream and you can pick two individual cookies they go warm them up and they put the ice cream between those and there's your like super deluxe ice cream sandwich if you really want to you can like add toppings on top of that even it's it's glorious it's it's glorious i didn't know it was a chain but my god it's so good It's just, it's what, yeah, just, it, it was awesome. Anyways, so Nate, with, with running around the venue and being a judge, walking around, observing all of that fun stuff, did you like notice anything like stand out to you, like on the tabletop of like, you know, this model is really popular or you happen to catch like a really cool play? Man, uh, I did not, unfortunately, uh, during some of the uh, the final stuff, I got to to watch some of those tables uh, a little bit harder, uh, which is uh, fun. Uh, honestly, uh, probably the most uh, like MCP experience that uh, was really just interesting to watch and experience uh, was the what if draft that uh, Jimmy DeHand hosted for us, uh, and seeing like characters uh, like Sinister get picked over any other leader. And then Winter Soldier and Hood before finally Shadowland Daredevil was taken. Uh, and then just some of the incredible rosters that came out of that is is just always a blast. Yeah, yeah. that I didn't make it for that, but it sounded like it was a lot of fun. We'll get you in on one. I think you would, you would do something stupid fun and I would be excited <laughs> to see it. You're probably right. And I mean, look, Adepticon next year, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so I plan on going to that. That is the the... Right now, 99% sure I'm going to be able to attend Adepticon, so I'm effing stoked for that. 
So, you know, it's one of those things where I think it's really cool that you had mentioned that one of the guys that runs Adepticon was at NashCon and brought a lot of the terrain they had and everything. And like, that's really cool. That little cross pollination there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hank coming down is uh, absolutely huge because he provided a a good row and a half uh, worth of tables for us, and all of their terrain is uh, above and beyond uh, what I'm able to produce on, on my own, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and they've got so many just wonderfully painted tables, that awesome dark dimension table, stuff like that. Uh, and so love to to be able to have them come down and then hopefully I can take some, uh, return the favor and bring some tables up their way. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm excited for, for what Adepticon's going to be. And Nate, what was your favorite memory from this year's NaxCon? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, like, it's just so hard. Cause like there, there are moments like, uh, there was this hotly debated, uh, game in our little gamer guild chat of everybody who's on the podcast, because uh, Sooner and Kenny have this like intense wingspan rivalry, and I just kind of got like thrown into it because like, oh yeah, I play board games. I'll play this with you guys, kind of a thing. And I had no idea what I was really doing until like halfway through the game. Still ended up uh, coming in second over Kenny by like a good ten points. Was only two points off of uh, tying with Sooner. So like, that's kind of one of those like, oh, that's that's a really fun memory that I'll hold over Kenny's head. <laughs> uh, but then like there's the like seven games of uh, secret Hitler that I played. And like, that was also a, a lot of fun, the social deduction game and stuff like that. And I uh, never ended up uh, being on the wrong side of that game. So that was uh, also lucky, pretty cool. Lucky. I heard y'all had a giggle game on that one where it's just like, everyone was giggling and no one knew <laughs> what to do. Uh, I think I I left that night before uh, things got too crazy uh, I got in a, a couple on, uh, I guess it was Thursday night and then a couple on Friday as well. Yeah, for sure. I got you. Yeah. That, that game is so much fun. It's ridiculous. It's like one night ultimate werewolf, but better, you know, I, mm-hmm. I loved it. And, uh, so Nate with that now, like, what would you change? Did I ask this already and do different for next year? Uh, I, I think there was like a general overview and I kind of gave it, but uh, I I would love for there to just be more table space. And so the goal for next year is uh, each table will have its own four by four area, which means that you'll have room for your character cards, tokens, terrain that's going off the board and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Instead of like the three foot uh, deep tables with like maybe six inches on one side for your score tracker and stuff. Oh yeah, I definitely noticed a few instances where like, hey, did we cross-pollinate dice over here? Luckily, nobody cross-pollinated dice with me. Mine were still ice cold, so you know, it's cool. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I, so that, that's the that's the big thing I would love to change. Uh, also want to make sure that uh, I'm able to, we're, we're able to get better streaming stuff going on, better communication there as well, because apparently in order to get internet out to where the rooms we were in, where they had to run like a special cord. And by the time that we were trying to do that, like the guy who would do it wasn't even there anymore. And so there's a couple of things that uh, communication could be better on. Yeah. You you know, you would think in, in 2022 that getting internet, that's decent enough to just throw a little stream up 
wouldn't be too much of a problem, but apparently it is. Uh, apparently. Apparently. So, Nate, one of the things that I really thought was awesome that you did, which, funnily enough, I didn't really get to participate in it because I'm a goober and forgot where I put stuff, was the raffle. I thought that was really great. You had a wonderful spread of prizes there, and it was just like, here, here's your raffle ticket. Thanks for showing up. And, and you raffled off, what, like 20 items? I thought that was just wonderful. Yeah, that's a, that's such a, a cool thing that we were able to do in part because we had wonderful uh, companies out there that uh, sent us stuff Tugi raffled, raffled off. Uh, we had uh, burger tokens, which have the really cool, like, sticking on a penny uh, kind of token thing, which is just really fun, but also super functional. I love it. I've been using my burger tokens with my MCP even more than my dials lately because I love them so much. Yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, bottom table tokens sent us a couple of their like really cool uh, crisis score tracker billboard, where you have like little slots to drop the the tactic cards into. Uh, Hank, who we had already uh, mentioned, came down from Adepticon and brought us a couple of the spare card packs that they had from that that we're able to uh, give out the alt art uh, tactic cards, which is really cool, uh, amongst uh, some other stuff that we had. Yeah, it was all really great, and uh, I just thought that was a really cool way to do it. Was like you show up, you get a chance to walk away with some cool stuff, whether you're top table or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just really like that. I thought it was a lot of fun, and you know, for such a big event, I mean, Nashcon's the biggest event I've ever been to twice now, and it's something that like it felt very homey, and I feel like that it can feel overwhelming at some of these bigger events where it's just like you know, so big and so many people. And then like, you know, obviously there's people like you and I who have relationships not only with each other, but with a broad part of the community. But then if you're like a new person and you're like, hey, I saw this event online, I'm going to go check it out. I'm kind of new to MCP. You know, it's easy to be intimidated by that stuff. And I don't know if anybody had that feeling while they were at NashCon. I sure hope that I didn't give anybody that feeling, but I can see where that feeling would come from at an event like that. But from my perspective, it really felt homey and it felt very welcoming and open. And I just think that that's something that is very unique, maybe not just to Nashcon, but to the MCP community as a whole. I, I felt like that. I was about it, to say was... that's uh, like Nashcon is certainly a smaller con, so it can generate a little bit of that. But as a whole, that that's the that's the community that's promoting that uh, environment, which. Uh, as somebody who uh, has has beat the drum for uh, this game, I could not be happier or prouder with uh, the kind of community that this game has developed. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's one of those things where, you know, the the community as part of the suits out there that listen to this podcast, your, your guild hall members, and just the broader MCP community. I mean, yeah, everybody has their takes on this or that, but like, I, I feel like the vitriol hasn't seeped in too much yet and and I really love that kind of stuff and especially at events like this like you know I'm sure someone had a negative play experience but I didn't see any and every every match I had close not close finger guns whooping me you know it was still an enjoyable game and an enjoyable experience and my opponents were all very fun people and and very nice people to play against I played Jimmy and finger guns so it's like but let me just go through this gauntlet real quick. <laughs> you know, 
That's how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No, I mean, Nash Khan was also an absolute shark tank. Oh, to say the least. Yeah. It, when you look at like the top eight, that's not even like all of the sharks that could have been in that shark tank. It was a pretty fearsome top eight on its own. Oh, oh yes, it was like, you know, they're, they're, those guys are so much better at this game than I will ever be. But it's like, I also sometimes I'm like, I could totally beat Sploosh. And then I'm like, no, no, reality slaps me right in the face with a seven dice attack. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. With, uh, with some hot dice like that uh, shirt you were uh, showing off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have the merch and I, I'm actually wearing that shirt right now, weirdly enough. Like, you know, I don't just wear it to MCP events. I wear it in real life too. It's uh it's definitely my favorite shirt right now just because I think it's hilarious. And like, if you get the joke, if you're in on the joke, it's even better. But uh, if y'all are interested in checking out the shirt that Nate is alluding to here, you can check out the link in the description for this podcast and uh, we'll show you to our merch store and you can get the shirt that is the uh, the hot dice shirt, as it were. I think that's what I call it on there. So I think it's pretty fun. And uh, also be prepared for more designs are coming. I've got a sweet beam shirt inbound. I've got another one that I'm kind of keeping a little close to the chest because I think it's hilarious. And then I've got another one that's uh, it's like going to be a salt shaker sprinkling over something MCP related. I don't know what yet. But then it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna say season to taste underneath there. <laughs> and and shout out to to one of the suits for for giving me that idea. I just think it's wonderful. And it just makes so much sense. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. Yeah. Check that stuff out. But anyways, Nate, any other thoughts on Nashcon before we talk about this evil, evil person? Uh, no, man, I, that, that kind of summed it up. Uh, pay attention to the Facebooks and discords if you're interested in attending next year's because by golly, there, there will be better communication this upcoming year, uh, for one of multiple reasons that we will not get into on here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the last thing I want to ask you, Nate, is what do you prefer a player in an event like that or a TOing an event like you know what? I it, as hard as this may be to believe, this was only my third miniature convention, like ever. Wow. Yeah, hard to so believe like, indeed. I've only got to I've TO'd two and been to one, so I I don't have a good answer for you. I I really enjoy being on the TO side, uh, but I also really appreciate the freedom that I had at Depticon to able to go and hang out a little bit more eat more freely stuff like that so right time will tell i get you i get you well i love playing you in matches and i love when you're to and things so i know it's always going to be a great event so there you go but nate before we talk about red skull master of hydra we have something that we have to announce here at house party protocol and that is the winner of our Malekith and Winter Guard, specifically Crimson Dynamo and Dark Star giveaway. So, I don't know. How do you feel about that? You ready to ready for me to do that? Yeah, why not? All right. So, I want to say thank you all so much for everyone who commented on the 
Facebook posts and sent me messages with all of our secret code words, all of that stuff. And then also, thank you to everyone who subscribed to the YouTube channel and, and sent me the screenshot there. It really means a lot to me that y'all are doing that. I mean, look, I gave you bonus interest to the giveaway, so like I get it, but like for real, it's really awesome. It really is. And you didn't have to do that, and I appreciated it so much. And and thank you to everyone who participated in this to the point where we have our biggest giveaway yet. Yes, we had a ton of bonus entries, but like still, it's the biggest giveaway yet with like 600 entries or something like that. So like, this is amazing. And I got to say thank you so much. And if, if y'all are curious how I do this, it's Facebook Comet Picker. And I just put in the, the post and then I add in the bonus entries because it's a real easy one-click process. And then I hit select. And it pulls people. So there you go. Magic. Magic. We have Brandon Arthur. And it's from one of the bonus entries. So there you go. It even tells me that it was from one of the extra entries. So 548 names. So I was, I was right. 548 names. That's awesome. And Brandon Arthur, I will be in touch with you very soon. Thank you so much. And I, I got to say, like, I love doing these giveaways. Be prepared for another one around giant robot season, if you know what I mean. I, I have no idea what you mean, Will. Would, would you ex elaborate for me? Well, uh, so someone let it slip, and by someone I mean Asmodee on their website, let it slip. Oh my goodness, Asmodee leaked something? I, no way. I know, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Uh, so... They let it slip that the old Sentinels of Sentinel time are going to be <laughs> uh, dropping in October. So I feel like maybe giving a giveaway for the Sentinels once we have an official release date and we kind of know more about them a little bit might be kind of fun. I was going to do Hydra because Hydra seems cool, but like Sentinels, man. Yeah, no, when, when you have a choice between two groups that like maliciously hate a very specific group. Uh, I, you know what? I'm just going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Good. There, there's, <laughs> there's no right choice there. It's, it's just two bad choices. It's just two bad choices, but you know what? We're going to take the Sentinels as bad choice for giveaway purposes because Sentinels are awesome. Even though they're terrible, bad people or machines, whatever Sentinels it's not are their fault. They're just AI. Exactly. They're cool characters in the Marvel Universe. So be prepared for that. Again, Brandon Arthur, thank you so much for participating. Thank everyone so much for participating in this giveaway. Be prepared for more fun giveaways from me and also more content. You know, I'm trying to ramp up and do do a lot of different things and trying to, to find ways to, to provide the suits and uh, everyone out there with good vibes about mcp so i appreciate all of y'all and uh with that now nate let's slide on over and let's talk about red skull master of hydra and as always we have to take a look at this model first so pretty cool guy yeah this is pretty darn cool looking if i say so myself uh, so one thing I will say is uh, I recently, uh, actually, probably coming out next week is a interview I got to do with uh, Dallas and Josh, 
And one of the things when talking about like sculpts and the progression that they have with that is how things like this red skull sculpt wouldn't have come to fruition if it wasn't for the storm sculpt and the lightning bolts and stuff that are going on on her base and how that then led to kind of in part the look that this red skull has, but with more stability and stuff like that. That's awesome. Like that's really insightful to hear that kind of stuff. And I'm really glad to hear that because this red skull, like we don't have like, I love the little turnaround thing on the website. And I'm sad about the fact that we don't have the, the really good picture of this model yet, because it is a very cool model and it's on mm -hmm. a 50 millimeter base, which is just primo. Yep. Gives a little bit more space for uh, some of those cool effects. Exactly. And, and I love like the way they did the lightning and instead of like the lightning holding him up, like it, the lightning is on the ground on the tactical rock. And then he's got that like big armor on there and he's just like menacing. He's pointing. We have another villain pointing because it's what villains do, I guess. Yep. No, this is uh, this is much more of a uh, super saiyan pose than it is a. Uh like a, a floating from the energy kind of thing like Storm has going on. Super Saiyan indeed. So let's talk about this character card now. And on the top stat line, we have Red Skull Master of Hydra. So this will be our second version of Red Skull, second version of Johann Schmidt. Am I right? Yes. I don't yeah. know if that's rhetorical. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. So just like we have two Captain Americas coming now. Well, really, three Captain Americas, but two Steve Rogerses. You can actually have Red Skull, Master of Hydra, and the core box Red Skull in your roster at the same time, but you can't have them in the same squad because they have the same yep. alter ego name of Johan Schmidt. I think that's kind of fun. It makes perfect sense. One day, one day they will have alternate dimension rules. It's going to happen. Maybe. I definitely see it being like an OP kit thing, and I'm excited for it. Exactly. Yeah, I think it'd be super sweet. So we have a top stat line here. He has four physical defense, two energy defense, and two mystic defense. Stamina value of seven, threat value of five. He is size two, and he moves medium again on that 50 millimeter base. I'm super here for it, but what is up with these low defenses, Nate? Well, I think there's a superpower we will get to that uh, explains that a little bit, thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> exactly. So, Nate, let's talk about these attacks. You want to hit them? Yeah, absolutely. He first has a physical blitz strike. It's a range of three, strength of six for no power cost. Uh, and this one is only a gainer, so he gets the one guaranteed power. Uh, and then additionally, on a wild and a hit, the attack gains blitz. After this attack is resolved, this character may advance short, again, on that 50mm base, so it's a nice chunk of movement. And if you get a wild and a block, you get push if the target character is size 3 or less. It's one that happens before damage is dealt, and you're going to push them away short. You know, I kind of like this. Like, the fact that it's just a gainer is kind of disappointing, but... I really like the movement shenanigans and the control that he's going to have on something like this. I think that opens up a lot of options. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it lets you first action, like if he gets pushed back, lets him try to fight his way back onto the point 
And then if you don't have that to push or I guess blitz uh, for himself, you can just take that second action to move himself just in case. Exactly. And I think it's really neat that it's just the double tap capability here, I think is really interesting because like, okay, I'm going to push you short. I'm going to advance short. And it and the advance doesn't have to be toward or away or anything like that. So you could potentially like be at that fringe range three, push someone short, advance short towards them, still in that range three, and then do the push and then advance back away out of range of a clapback for someone like Venom or something like that, which I think is just really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I am I misreading something on that? Am I is that how that would work? No, no, that that's exactly how that works. Though yes. I guess you would you you would want to stay out of his range on the first attack because well, oh, I was assuming him. I didn't power him up on that first one. Oh, okay, you you just pushed him that first one. Yeah, yeah, we just we just got the push. He blocked everything. But uh, oh, okay, <laughs> that no, rascally venom. He is a rascal, isn't he? So <laughs> I love that. I just think that I think stuff like this, like just movement and control. And that kind of stuff, it, it's just right in my wheelhouse. And then not to mention, it's six dice. Six dice is cool. How about nine dice on Kneel Before Me, which can be either energy or mystic. Range two. Strength of what? Strength of nine! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does cost five power, so it's a, a pretty large chunk there. But on a wild, after the attack is resolved, if the target character is size four or less... This character may throw the target away, not short, but medium. Oof. And that's when the opponent is then saying, nine. <laughs> nine, do not throw me. Yes, it's, it's definitely terrible accents and everything. What would be happening there is, uh, I, I do, there's some interesting things going on with this attack, though. It's a throw away, which mm-hmm. usually on these big spender attacks, it's kind of omnidirectional. So I think it's cool to see one that's a throw away. Yeah, I feel like it's maybe 50-50-ish, but uh, when you're getting to throw them medium, uh, having it direction-specific seems very wise. Oh, absolutely. And then I also like the fact that it's only range 2, but if you blitz strike, you potentially can make up that distance. I don't know about you, Nate, but one of the things that I like to do with a character like Shadowlands Daredevil, he has the baton snare, and he gets to Mm -hmm. advance short to get into that range too for a coordinated strike or a demon's devastation. And I could see a similar pattern here with Red Skull Master of Hydra. Mm-hmm. So for sure. Yeah, and energy or mystic, I'm not about it. I'm about it. Yeah. So, those are two very handy ones because those are the two most likely where you're gonna find some sort of difference in their uh, defense results. Exactly. So that's all the attacks that Red Skull Master of Hydra has. And, you know, for only having two attacks, I think they're two very potent and interesting attacks. Especially when they can uh, be empowered. <laughs> they sure can be empowered. But before we get to the empowering, we're going to talk about how this Red Skull brings with him a leadership for the Hydra affiliation. And that is world domination because of course it is during the power phase all allied characters gain one power if they are holding or contesting an objective token and one thing that's interesting to note here 
even if you're not holding an extract, if you're near an extract that's on the ground within range one of an extract, you are contesting that objective. So you would get the power for this. I love it. I think it's simple, yeah. but I love it. No, very straightforward. Just straight power generation for your team. Uh, and the only condition for it is something you want to be doing anyway. Exactly. And this is one of those affiliations and leadership abilities where it, there's very few characters you're not going to say could play in this. Mm -hmm. So I like that. You can kind of play around with the splashes. Now, the next superpower we're going to talk about is an active superpower. Empowered gauntlets. So you were talking about empowering things. So this is an active superpower. It's going to cost you two power during the next blitz strike attack this turn. This character adds blanks in its attack roll to its total successes. So Nate, how many sides of the die does that mean he gets to count? Uh, six out of eight or three fourths of the dice is now successful. Oh, Billy. I love it. I love it. This, this is going to make empowered gauntlet blitz strike death of everything. <laughs> you, you know who else gets to count successes on attacks? Definitely Corvus, but with, he has to pay for it and I think it costs him three, right? Cost him three. Uh, and then there's Loki with I am a god. Ah, yes. And you know what? Red Skull, Master of Hydra, is not. He is not a god, but by God, he still gets to count it on this attack. Yeah. Uh, so this is the, the biggest uh, attack that can build power uh, while counting blanks as successes as well, which is really good and it makes suddenly a whole lot of sense why it guarantees you one power instead of the massive amount that it could probably generate every single turn if it was builder instead yeah absolutely and let me ask you this nate do you see that using this with a blitz strike you know in power gauntlets the blitz strike is going to be more often than not the default as opposed to kneel before me do you feel like kneel before me is good enough to make you want to use it uh, yeah, so I think Neil Before Me certainly still has its place, uh, because one, if you're getting to choose Mystic or Energy, if you're going in against like a defensive two, uh, nine dice is just, it's still nine dice, uh, but also the wild throw on nine dice is pretty guaranteed, uh, obviously in the world of MCP we don't guarantee anything because dice will dice, uh, but being able to chuck a size four character medium, uh, which can more than stagger somebody like Hulk is uh, extremely valuable still. Yeah. And I think that that's where the value really lies is being able to displace someone like Hulk or even the big bad kitty man and all of these other things. I think that stuff's very valuable, but I still think in power gauntlets into blitz strike is going to be just, just when you absolutely positively got to kill it empower those gauntlets. Mm -hmm. You know, and then we have another superpower. Oh, absolutely, an active superpower here: all-consuming obsession. And this power will cost you nothing. <laughs> it's a zero power cost, which we haven't—we've seen many of these, which I think is very interesting. This character 
suffers one damage, and gains two power. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So instead of Master of the Cube, like an action, or Master of the Occult, like Mordo has, he takes a damage, he gets two power. Now the interesting thing about the fact that this is costed of zero and not an innate superpower is things like the Loki bubble or the root special condition can make this superpower cost powers. I love that so much. Yeah, Loki good. <laughs> Loki good indeed. But, you know, Nate, I don't see anything wrong with gaining two power for a damage, especially when he has a health pool of seven. It's one of those things that, like, you don't want to do it every single turn because it'll definitely wear him down. Uh, but getting off an empowered gauntlets attack turn one after moving and then a range three strike uh, seems seems really good, especially when uh, that thing averages uh, five to six successes uh, yeah. pretty regularly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... One fun thing about this is from playing so much Convocation with their 50-millimeter bases, one move and that 50-millimeter base is going to get you within range three of anyone on the midline, I think even a Toad, as long as you've lined up, you know, kind of close to Toad, which if you're mm -hmm. doing this into Toad, sure. But, like, in general, like, it's, it's going to get you to where you can do something. So I'm with you. I think this is like a turn one kind of advanced R&D, but for himself kind of thing, and I love it. So the next superpower we have is an innate superpower, Leviathan Armor. So he always has the superpower. It's always active. During the power phase, this character chooses a shielding type. The chosen benefits last until the start of the next power phase. We have two options here. So this is a lot like how Vision works with his phased or enhanced density, but it's a little different here for Red Skull. He has Dispersion Field. This character rolls three additional dice when defending against energy attacks and cannot be pushed or advanced by the effects of mystic attacks or enemy superpowers. I like that. Then he's got Null Field. This character rolls three additional dice when defending against mystic attacks and does not suffer Collision damage. Very interesting, Nate. What do you make of this? Uh, man, first of all, it, it's just really, really good. Uh, but I also love that they make you make some tough decisions. Because, like, if you're going up against, like, Brotherhood, man, does not suffer collision damage is huge. There's not a lot of Brotherhood that brings mystic attacks right now. Yep. Uh, and then just like on the other side, if it's like, man, like defending against energy attacks plus three dice, really good. But is it going to be more valuable of not being able to be pushed or advanced by like that Mysterio? And you like you just take a little bit of damage. Right. And that's where I'm at with it is like the 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 decision points that this character brings to the tabletop is incredibly interesting just with this one innate superpower, because Looks like you said, do I, do I see someone with some energy across the board, but I also know they're going to be throwing stuff at me? How, how, do I, how do I balance that? And that's a decision that's going to bear itself out as you play games with this character. You know, like you said, mm -hmm. into Brotherhood, sure. Give me the null field all day long. 
because more often than not, they don't have too many mystic attackers hanging out with them, let alone energy attackers other than rogue. But like, okay, I think Red Skull can take on a rogue in the right circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting. And, and this is the kind of design that I think that AMG with this kind of superpower, they could certainly use more of because it's really cool, you know? Yeah. And it's also worth noting, he has one other superpower. And we're going to get to it in just a second. But notice how he has no way to change it intra-round. So during the round, he is on what he's on. And you can use that to your advantage. I think that's fun. Yeah, no. I, it's one of those things where he uh, he picks the switch for the turn and has to stick with it for better or for worse. Exactly. So the last superpower is an innate superpower. Cut off one head. Innate, what happens when you cut off one head? Two more shall take its place or something like that, That's right? right? That's right. In this instance, though, a Hydra Trooper shall take its place. If an allied Hydra Three Trooper <laughs> yeah, is not in play when this character is chosen to activate, place them into play within range one of this character. They gain a stagger token and are a part of your squad. So we have some new grunts coming in here, which we'll go over their card in just a minute, but I want to break this down for a second. So when Red Skull is chosen to activate, so does that mean, because of the way the grunt rules work, if there's not a Hydra Troopers in the board, do they come in and then get an immediate activation? Because you've chosen Red Skull to activate, but there's, the grunts have to go first, or does that mean... Red Skull has to activate, and the Hydra Troopers won't get to go until the next turn. Uh, now, granted, I don't think this question has been answered on the rules forum, but I'm pretty sure it's been said that they will get to come in and immediately activate. Okay, cool. Because I think that would change things a little bit as to how interesting this is. And then the next thing we have here, Nate, is the first instance of a grunt that comes in with a stagger token instead of an activated token. Like, holy crap. Yeah, kind of a big deal. It really is. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of here for it. Like the fact that they're going to get to actually come in and do something is very interesting. And I will say before we talk about the grunts, we don't know the injured side of this version of Red Skull, but I would assume something similar, obviously, and maybe one point higher or lower on the stamina, maybe even the same. I don't know. We don't know. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Yep. Well, let's talk about these Hydra Troopers because... Uh, yeah. And they're different. Different. And, Nate, you and I have talked a lot about this game on this podcast, in videos in general, right? I... Sure. (laughs) I don't love grunts. And and this is another example of, like, I, I get what they're doing here, but I just don't love grunts. I don't love this piddly little character out here. And when you start looking at these characters, these Hydra Troopers, so they come in with the top stat line, three stamina. So they already have more stamina than the other two we've seen. They move short, so they move less than the other ones we've seen. They're size two. They have a one physical defense, a two energy defense, and a two mystic defense. Like that top stat line alone, 
is better than the other ones, I think. Maybe the short move is kind of like the baked-in bit of, uh, I, I don't know, balance, if you will, because they're still on that 50-millimeter base. But like having three stamina and then those extra defenses, I think it's going to make an impact. Mm -hmm. The extra think? stamina will absolutely be annoying for those times where it just wanted to kill the grunts but can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've played into our friend Matt and just like those dadgum grunts are just sitting there on one health after I threw five dice into them. It's like, come on, die already. That's what you, you're here to do. They also have a better attack, arguably, than any of the other grunts with their Hydra energy weapons. Has a range of four with a strength of four costing nothing because they don't get power. Exactly. Range four, strength four, energy, which is really good. I mean, it's like baby rocket over here, you know, doing yep. stuff. Just uh, just take a couple numbers off of those things. Uh, but what makes it actually kind of like really interesting is their first superpower, which is an active one. That costs zero power, again, because they're grunts, they don't get power, but it also costs an action, uh, and it's kind of like their own pseudo-charge, right? Yeah. Hydra Assault. As an action, this character makes a move action. During its next attack action this turn, this character may re-roll any number of its dice. After the attack is resolved, this character is KO'd. So there's some interesting things at play here. So they get to re-roll any, and it costs them an action. So they're only going to get one shot. But it's a one shot with a re-roll any, and we've all seen how powerful that can be. Mm -hmm. And then they get KO. Even on four dice. Right. Only four dice. So unlike Daredevil, you can't KO them and then bring them back on the same turn as because Red Skull will have been chosen to activate at that point. Mm -hmm. But this is really potent, and I think it's going to be very interesting here. And they have some other superpowers we're going to talk about in a second. But Nate, how do you feel about this Hydra Assault? Uh, I think it's going to be something that gets used some of the time, but it's not something that you're going to strive to do every single time. Right, and I think the reason why is because of their innate superpower, Occupation Force. This mm -hmm. character cannot pick up, hold, or interact with, extract objective tokens this character does not have to pay power to interact with secure objective tokens so the opposite of the other two grunts we've seen so far can't mess with extracts but by god plays the secure game like a champ mm -hmm. Ugh, i hate it i love it but i hate it and then he has the innate superpower grunts red skull Master of Hydra cannot be included in the rosters otherwise be put into play as a result of cut off one head superpower. So, yeah, these grunts are way different and very interesting, and I think they could uh, pose a big problem. I think they're fine. As, a, as somebody who is a, a fan of the grunts, specifically uh, the ninjas, which are pretty much the exact counterpart of the Hydra troopers, because the ninjas are like get to the front line attack as much as they can and get killed off. Well, Hydra, Hydra troopers are kind of like, hey, let's stay on the back line. We'll sit on a secure, pick, take some uh, pot shot kind of life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, I say they're a problem. I think they're going to be a problem in that you're just going to have to deal with them. They're models you're going to have to deal with. They have three stamina, and they're going to hang out on secures, which just score in a point. Like It basically makes 
Red Skull, Master of Hydra be a five threat and a two threat character all wrapped into one? Uh, I mean, you're not entirely wrong there, but I think it, it, they're going to be extremely handy on something like a D scenario where you can just leave them behind, let Red Skull still advance up the board to do important stuff on like an extremist console. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget that if Red Skull gets dazed or KO'd, like if he's dazed, then the Hydra Troopers are dazed too. And if he's KO'd, then they're immediately removed as well. So, you know, it's it's one of those, I say dazed, they get an activated token, but, you know, you, they can't do anything if he can't do anything. So that's one way to deal with them a little bit. But, you know, I just think that uh, overall, this Red Skull is very interesting, Nate. And uh, I think he's going to be very splashable as well. What do you think? Man, it's it's tough because there there aren't a lot of uh, five threat splashes that are happening anymore. Oh, I know it's seven threat splashes these days. <laughs> There's that too, but uh, as a whole, uh, there there aren't very many affiliations that can really justify uh, the five threat splash unless you have like a three threat leader and some other stuff going on. Uh, but I do think even if he's not being played as a leader. Uh, that he's going to have a lot of fun on the table with uh, wherever he is affiliated. I'm imagining, obviously, Hydra, but maybe Cabal as well. Yeah, definitely. I think he could be affiliated there. I, I think that there's some interesting places he could play. One that would maybe come to mind initially, and it came to my mind initially, but then you know we recheck the rules a little bit, and that would be Kingpin Criminal Syndicate. The non-grunt characters don't count as two. So he would still count for secures, but he's only going to count as one character, the grunts that is. But I still think that could be interesting as a way to kind of, you know, throw your opponent off a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Anywhere, anywhere that stands out to you other than his potentially affiliated places? Uh, man, Guardians of the uh, Galaxy uh, just loves their, uh, their kind of bigger splashes that can make really good use of some rerolls. Uh, and so being able to add consistency to Reskill's defense where other than buffing his uh, numbers, he doesn't really have any modification on that end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also just making that blitz strike like reach pretty consistent uh, five to six successes guaranteed on uh, an attack roll is uh, kind of gross. Oof. Yeah, that sounds nasty. And I mean, they like taking Ghost Rider and... Ghost Rider's just one activation, but they'd be able to have someone that can sit on a secure point that's not Star-Lord in -hmm. these grunts. So, yeah, I could see that being a really nice spot for him. You know, another place that I find interesting is potentially a little bit of Convocation Splash because play that a lot right now. But, like, if you put him in his null field state... And then on Ironbound Books, he's rolling five defense dice, and he can't suffer collisions. I love that. I love that a lot. And then, again, like if you're playing into a team like a Guardians of the Galaxy playing a dispersion field so he gets that better energy defense, I love that a lot. And then I think like having that physical attack presence, having the extra grunt characters that can have the potential to KO themselves, like... You know, maybe I don't necessarily want to do that, but giving myself that ability to say, hey, I can KO these characters at my choosing of an opportunity, and 
get my Ironbound books back and kind of play that game a little bit. And yeah, he's a little bit more of an investment than someone like a Shadowlands Daredevil. But I think playing the secure game is more what I want to be doing as a convocation player than like that's and that's not exact like that's not exactly you know what I mean like it changes how you play and that's the thing I like about convocation is it, it's all very interesting in how you attack the game so to speak and I think that Red Skull provides some very interesting options and I'm gonna try it you know what I mean I, I'm gonna try it I don't know if it's gonna work out the way I want it to but I think it's worth trying and I think it could be fun and he brings that level of control that just really intrigues me so you know what? I bet he would make a really good web warrior too. You know, that's where you lost me, Nate. That's where you lost me. See, you, you had me what? at hello. There, there's, there, there's, a, there's a character that you, you don't think belongs in Web Warriors, too? Look, i sure you could put him in there and not feel bad about it, I think, because it, I think the same thing applies in that his grunts just standing on a secure are going to be great for something like Web Warriors, because now, okay, here comes someone over to mess with my home extremist well cool have the grunts and then i'm gonna take miles and and gwen and all these other people somewhere else and do other fun things so i could see it but i'd rather have cheaper options with grunts there i think a fury plays that game a little better with web warriors just it's a little more interesting and different but he could and i know you know it's it's one of those things that's the thing i love about this game you can splash anybody anywhere Man, I just feel like your your conversion to convocation is complete. Like, <laughs> that, like when when I was on every other week, like it was always like, yeah, this character can also be a web warrior. Well, that's the thing. We we have diversified the roster so much to this point that, like, I mean, you can do web warrior things with Red Skull here, and I wouldn't hate it either. Like, I I wouldn't. I I don't think it'd be bad at all. But I just think that you would rather have other options in this instance. You know, he's one of those characters where I don't get the, like, yep, plug it, plug it in, it's going to be fun. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and it, but it will be. It will be fun if you plug it in that way. I know. I, I Fair have, enough. I'm off the wagon. You know, my, my web warriors are still my one true love. But, uh, you know, not everybody fits there. It's just how it is. But with that, with that being said, being able to re-roll skulls on defense just sounds so good. And then, yeah. You know what, Well, I think this is just an inevitable betrayal that comes from the amount of time that you've been spending with your uh, convocation mistress. You know, you're right. She is a mistress. There is some inevitable betrayal. And Nate, what is this inevitable betrayal you speak of here? Uh, well, it also happens to be a tactic card for... Uh, the Hydra affiliation is reactive, and it says during the cleanup phase before victory points are scored, an allied Hydra character may spend a whopping 8 power to play the card. You then choose an enemy character within range 2 that is contesting a secure objective token. The chosen character counts as one of your characters for contesting secure objective tokens this round. Ooh, nice. Okay, so if I'm reading that right, that means that if one of my, like, my Red Skull is within range two of a Miles on an enemy team, then I can pay that power, and Miles is going to get to count as that objective holder for me that turn. Mm -hmm. Just for scoring, and then it's over. Yep. Okay. 
That's interesting because so it doesn't mean that it lasts for the entirety of a round. Well, yeah, because you you play it uh, during the cleanup phase anyway. Right. That's what I thought. I should make sure. That's yeah, really cool. Absolutely. I think that sounds but like a lot of fun. Being able to pull that off on an objective like Gamma Shelters, uh, where you don't have anybody on the back point, but then suddenly have eight power on Baron Zemo or somebody, uh, and you're just like, cool, I couldn't quite get there, but you're standing on it for me, so thanks for that. Oh, yeah. I think that kind of stuff is cool, and it's one of those things where you'll kind of have to account for it, which I like. Mm-hmm. It's funny, uh, the things that we have to account for. I think this could be a really good one on something like Research Station as well, where it's like, oh, you think you're taking this this time. Well, guess what? I now have the Research Station where I'm going to do my occult research. That is contesting a secure objective token. Damn it, Nate. You messed up the segue. <laughs> it was perfect. And you just had to destroy it. You have inevitably betrayed me. <laughs> again. Yet again. No, you can't do it on Research Station, but the setup was too good. What were you setting up, good sir? I was setting up, setting up occult research. So this is a Hydra-affiliated card, thank God, and it's an active card. During the power phase, Red Skull, Master of Hydra, may spend... A ridiculous 10 power to play this card. Red Skull, Master of Hydra, and all characters within range 2 of him gain a stagger token. Red Skull, Master of Hydra, gains the following superpower for the rest of the game. It is an innate superpower, Arcane Invigoration. This character may perform an additional action each activation. Oh gosh, we're we're in the time gem all over again. Mm-hmm. Now, now, granted, this is a time gem that you probably don't get to activate until round three, and even then, you're staggered. Exactly. I, I was going to say. So the Red Skull Master of Hydra and all characters within range two of him gain a stagger token. So, to your point, I think there's a way. Where you can power him up, get some damage. I don't know. You know, maybe you take a little damage early. You do your superpower to gain some power. You have Wong feed you some power. You advanced R and D. You'll have to tell me the math because I'm sure you've done it. But there's got to be a way you can power him up turn one to where he can play this at the top of turn two. Only if your opponent is foolish enough to attack him enough to give him the power, basically. Well, I am one of those foolish enough opponents, and I would totally attack Red Skull, not thinking this is going to happen. Now, let me ask you this, Nate. Is this an auto-include for Hydra and Red Skull Master of Hydra? I think it's, I think it's definitely, at the very least, in consideration for your 10 tactic cards. Uh, but I doubt that it uh, sees play... Uh, on the table very often unless you get some objectives that are low scoring because usually the game is over by round three or four anyway. Mm, yeah. But, I mean, you could set it up where you have low scoring extracts, low scoring secures, and then 
Bingo Bango, Occult Research, and now Red Skull gets three actions. Mm-hmm. I I don't like the idea of Red Skull having three actions. I think it's going to be nasty. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be super strong. But the downsides of it for Red Skull, him not getting to count blanks on his attacks, uh, him not getting to throw out that nine-die spender, uh, makes it so that the opportunity cost is pretty large if it's a game that isn't going to see round five. You make a good point. The the opportunity cost. And uh, yeah, in those faster games when there's seven or eight points on the board at a time, probably don't want to leave occult research at home. Yeah. Because if you don't leave it at home, your victory will not be assured. Which is the name of another tactics card. <laughs> Called Victory Assured. Let's have it, Nate. What does it say? I do, I do one segue. <laughs> yeah, you do one, and then it's just it's a snowball, man. That's how it goes, right? I guess. All right, so Victory Assured is an unaffiliated card, which is important uh, because it means you can play it outside of the realm of Hydra. And not only that, it is an active card that can be played during an allied Johann Smith's activation. He may suffer up to five damage to play the card. Uh, and then he gains the attack shown above, which is electrostatic discharge. It's a beam three energy with a base six dice that costs nothing other than the tactic card and the health you put into it. Uh, and it says if this attack dazes or KOs a target character, this character gains the stun special condition, which really isn't the worst thing for Red Skull since he's only got the gainer anyway. And when making this attack, add attack dice equal to the each attack roll equal to the damage suffered to play the card. So this can be like a beam three 11 dice attack. Woo, buddy. I, I don't know about you. That sounds super fun. But let's not forget that it could also be used on core box Red Skull. Exactly. So being able to play just by Johan in general uh, means that even Korbox uh, Red Skull can get in on the beam town. Yeah, and I think that uh, I could see that happening a lot. And Korbox Red Skull starts with six stamina on both his injured and healthy sides. So I, I think there's definitely something to this. And it's one of those things where I don't necessarily see myself playing this all the time, but it is going to be super fun sometimes. And beam three, 11 dice. Like if you set it up just right. And Nate, let me ask you this. Is this, it says this character may use the attack shown above once this activation. That is not a like free attack thing. This is going to cost an action, right? Yeah. It'll still cost them the action to use the card. Right. Unlike or things use like the cruelty. attack shown on the card. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think this is awesome. I think this is one of those things where, like, after you've played Occult Research and then, boom, you throw down a Victory Assured or Victory Assured. I think that's how they say it over there. I'm pretty sure that that's what he said in the movie. I, don't at me on it. Is that your Bugs Bunny impression? Yes, it is. What's up, Doc? Uh, <laughs> but, no, that's what he said in the movie. He's like, yeah, you know, our Victory is Assured. You know, and Hugo Weaving is, like, awesome and stuff. I'm terrible. Don't at me. It's cool. Y'all, y'all, y'all apparently like this. <laughs> Someone out there does. We love it, Will. We love it. I know. 
but I just think this is interesting and fun and like it's probably more in the fun casual side of things than like the I'm going to take it if I'm playing Red Skull competitively kind of thing. How do you feel? Uh, I think it depends on the crisis cards that you're bringing, because if you're bringing something like Research Station and Gamma anyway, uh, that Beam 3 being able to hit in like a 9-dice Beam even uh, can be such an impact play on those kind of uh, crisis setups. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you there, sir. I think it's fun. I, I think everything that comes with this version of Red Skull sounds like a lot of fun. And then layer in the fact that there's apparently a tank with an ultimate encounter that comes out at some point. Like, this, this is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun anyway. It is. So, Nate, with that, I think we have uh, exhausted all of our options here with Red Skull Master of Hydra. The segues are finito. As it They're were. done. They're over with. We're tapped out. Tapped out. I've had enough. We have cut off one too many heads. <laughs> Is it bad that I laugh at my own really bad jokes? No. It, it, it's, a, it's the dad's prerogative. That's it. You know, some people say it's endearing. Other people say it's annoying. I don't know which camp that I'm in, but I hope that I am endearing to all the suits out there. Speaking of... If you're interested, Suits, and I have endeared myself to you, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol, where for as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year, you can support the show, you know, support the giveaways and and do all of the uh, fun Discord things. You'll get a link to our Discord channel where you'll get to come in and have a good time over there and chit-chat and everything. I mean, it's a wonderful discord community. It's very welcoming and fun. And you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's fairly tight knit at times, but I haven't seen an instance where someone hasn't been welcomed into the fold and, and whatnot. So definitely come and check that out. It is, it is a great community that we have over there and I am thankful for every one of them and all the suits over there. And you can also send us messages at, the house party protocol pod at gmail.com or via Facebook. Let me know what you guys think of Red Skull Master of Hydra, whether you think he's going to be everywhere, nowhere, somewhere. I don't know. Maybe someone's going to betray somebody and you think that's pretty awesome. Let me know that stuff. Send me messages. I'm excited. That was part of the thing that I love about doing these giveaways on is getting all the messages from everyone you know, not just the messages for the secret code words, but also the messages just chit-chatting, talking about MCP. I love that stuff. I love that so much. And uh, also, if you have an opportunity, check out the YouTube channel, House Party Protocol. We'll be posting up some new videos over there very soon. We'll have a deep dive, way too in-depth thing coming very soon. You laugh, Nate. It's super in-depth. You think I'm long-winded on this podcast. Just you wait. But, uh, no, it's... I've heard. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's really good content, and it's definitely, like, you know, a, peeling back the skull and getting into the brain of myself and Barncat, and I think it's pretty fun and, and ridiculous. So, check that stuff out. And then, also, uh, 
If you have an opportunity on your podcast platform, please leave us a review. It helps other people looking for Marvel Crisis Protocol content find their way over to House Party Protocol. And, you know, if you think that House Party Protocol isn't the best, but like our audio quality is good, that's totally worth five stars, right? I mean, it's got to be. Or if my audio quality sucks, but you get a chuckle or two, totally worth five stars. Isn't that right, Nate? Absolutely. Where can people find you? You don't care for Will, but you like his guest stars? That's a five-star experience. Exactly. Where can people find you, Nate? Uh, Guys, you can find me over on YouTube at the Gamers Guild, where, again, there's just plenty of uh, MCP goodness in the form of reviews, tactic talks, rosters, uh, breakdowns, and the occasional battle report. Getting less frequent on those as my life becomes more and more hectic. Uh, But then also on uh, many of the same podcast platforms that you can find. This one, you can also find uh, the Gamer Guild podcast. Definitely give that a listen. Nate's out there rubbing elbows with the big wigs and stuff while I'm over here rubbing elbows with big wigs too. It's you, Nate. You're the big wig. Uh Oh, Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, thank you so much for your time suits. I really appreciate it. And uh, I want to let you know that your time is valuable to me. And if there's ever anything on this podcast that I can improve ever, any content that you want to see from the house party protocol brand, just let me know, hit me up, and uh, we can figure that out because I, it's just something I enjoy doing. I love making content for Christ Protocol. I love talking about Christ Protocol. And uh, the last thing I want to leave everybody with is, you know, just uh, if you're ever out there dealing with something, you know, just just know that you're loved and that you're a good person and keep your head up. And, you know, I know that doesn't always seem like the best advice or the easiest advice and it's like yeah that's it's easier said than done but you know you're a legend if you're out there listening to this and i, I just want to say that i really appreciate you and everything that uh, you guys do and i wouldn't be here without y'all and uh, nate i appreciate you as well thanks for coming on and uh yeah with that party on nate party on will and power down suits suits